Revenge, Season 1, Episode 13, Commitment. And welcome to the Kowski Cast. I'm Mary. And I'm Laura. And today we're talking about episode 13 in the first season of Revenge. Oh my gosh, it's been a hot minute. Dang, like new phone who dis. New phone need numbers. That's what like people would do on Facebook. Remember back in the day? They'd have yeah. like those things. Anyway, yeah, it's been a real long time. I feel like every podcast we've done recently has been like every time we start it, we're like, wow, it's been a while. Like it's like one here, months later, one here, and then like it's been a long time. <laughs> we were doing a really good job for a while last spring, and then we stopped when we both had really crazy summers, but we had we had actually recorded like two more episodes. I just didn't get around to releasing them. And then we released the those two episodes in I don't know September or something and then maybe did like one or August August and then maybe did one more and then uh, I think that was the last time we've done it <laughs> so it's been a really Yikes. long time if if any of you are joining this podcast for the first time having found us through the Riverdale podcast that I also do on Kalski cast hi this is the revenge podcast <laughs> this is still with Mary and also my sister Laura instead of Kirsten or Hannah or anyone else I do other podcasts with this is actually like the the O G original Kowski Cast podcast. I'm the original sidekick. Yeah, you may be wondering, like, why why is it called the Kowski Cast when there's only you know one Kwiatkowski on this? No, it's there. There are two. It's, we just not not all of us can have free schedules all the time. Laura has been in grad school for the last, I guess, like what eight months Ooh, or so. Go Hokies. So, uh, you're not even <laughs> at Virginia Tech for grad school. <laughs> Whatever. No, it has not been eight months. It's been since August. Like late august september october november december i had four months four months was fall oh, and then feels like a long time and then like starting up it's friday today but come monday classes start and i got spring semester and then i'm gonna go jump right into may semester and then we have our vacation and then i have to work over the summer and then boom i'm gonna have my fall internship it's just boom 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 like this is my my winter break and i have not had a winter break for three four, three years okay i mean i know a lot of people don't have winter breaks at all but uh <laughs> it feels nice to be on break yeah and it feels nice to be talking about revenge again i hope that some of you have found this podcast and have gone back and listened to all of our episodes or maybe you know want to start now that would be nice if, if you're new go ahead and go back to episode one and restart you know we we go through the episodes pretty pretty in detail so you don't really need to rewatch it if you've seen it at all recently if you just want to talk about it but essentially the main idea behind starting this revenge podcast was i was re-watching revenge or actually I think I was finishing the show for the first time it just took me many years and I was looking through the internet and couldn't find any revenge podcasts so why not create one <laughs> I saw I saw a need and I'm feeling it <laughs> for revenge just a couple of days ago uh, I was with the family and we were trying to figure out what to watch like a movie at night and I had just googled you know all those lists like best movies or must-see movies and stuff that you can go some of them are on like I uh, IMDB and different sites that people have created like list of must-see movies but I was on it and I was scrolling down it and revenge was on the list I mean it's not even a movie but um someone thought that revenge should be on a must-see must-see movie list and the other most recent time I've been thinking about revenge it has been uh there's there's a podcast on Rob is a podcast called Robin Akiva need a podcast and one of the things they do on there is they watch season three episode seven of different shows and it had been suggested a couple times by different people for them to do revenge but 
they ended up not deciding to do it I think at least for now because it's not really the kind of show you can like make fun of exactly I mean we definitely poke fun of it in this podcast but it's a little more I don't know it's so serious this whole show like in, yeah. in a ridiculous way but it's I don't, it would be kind of hard to just watch one episode and even really know what's going on so so that reminds me of what I was gonna say I was gonna say if you're you're if you're new to this podcast and you haven't seen the show we do dive really deep and we analyze each episode but the thing is we break it into topics so we don't go in the order of the show and you might do that for Riverdale um yeah it we, like you guys... we, we go back and forth sometimes I wow I am so sad that you don't even listen to my own my own Riverdale podcast <laughs> well no I the yeah it's sad because I'm not caught up yet I'm still on the what yeah. first season so I saw you're on the second season now we oh second season okay good well I listened to their first episode of first season and it's from what I can for it sounded like you were going in the order of the show but I yeah sometimes we do that the okay. first episode we definitely did but generally when we've been doing the season three stuff we're trying to split it more up into categories it's just really difficult in Riverdale because sometimes it jumps back and forth so much that it's hard to follow yeah I mean revenge is the same thing most shows do the same thing but uh I think you'd still even if you don't watch revenge you'll still understand what we're talking about if you're solely listening to this podcast I think I don't know <laughs> I, you know what I yeah. don't know <laughs> Well, and, and the, the sad thing is, like, I, I didn't go back and listen to episode 12, our podcast, um, before doing this one, even though it had been so long, that there there may or may not be some things we talk about that maybe we had already sort of talked about in episode 12. So if you're listening to them all in a row right now, hopefully we don't repeat too many things. But yeah, we'll to, to us, it hasn't been a long time. But to you, if you're listening to them back to back, it's like, wow, these just literally just talked about that. But yeah, sorry, we're not we're not a. Uh... We're all human, you know. That being said, let's dive into the episode. And I'm going to go ahead and read the quote from the opening title, which this week said, Some say that our lives are defined by the sum of our choices, but it isn't really our choices that distinguish who we are. It's our commitment to them. I didn't really understand that at first because I I was thinking it was more like, it's not our choices, but it's our, I don't know, actions or something. But I guess that she's saying like, it's how much you stick with your choices because you could change your mind or something maybe huh yeah I mean like they just wanted to use the word commitment well I was gonna say and I think that's very appropriate for this episode and I think all of our almost all of our topics we talk about have to do with some form of commitment so I think that's appropriate I actually get the um I finally get the title of it sometimes I'm like I don't (laughs) the word is infamy wait I'm so (laughs) I think we looked that word up because I was like (gasps) whatever you were struggling with infamy was that that episode 12 I don't even remember when was infamy (laughs) I might not be good with commitment but I'd sure know what that means Oh my god! And I know it's hard oh to spell. Gosh. Two M's, one T. Actually, there are two. Actually, there are three M's in that word, and they are two T's. But when I talk about letters, I talk about um ones that are consecutive. Anyway, wow, that was probably really confusing. Okay, Do you- so let's. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't know where you're going. Yeah, no, I'm saying C O M M I T. It's like how do you spell commitment? Is it C O M I T T or C O M M I T T? Yes, but it's yeah, it's it's always really hard with repeating letters. I I just took the um VCLA uh, yesterday. Wow. And there was What's two, the VCLA? It's like the Virginia... Oh, I have it right here. The Virginia Communication and Literacy Assessment. And it's one of the, the um, license exams that I have... Or licensure exams I have to take uh, to be a teacher. And part of the... It's reading and writing. Um, just very similar to the um, SATs. It took me... You're, you're given four hours to do it. And, and, and you know what? The breaks you take, they don't pause the time. Like, you have to just run out real quick. Because, of course, like, I need to go to the bathroom at least at one point. And uh, run back in and... Uh, I 
took I submitted it within a minute left. But wow, anyway, that's cutting it close. No, well, it, it will it will submit it for you anyway, so it's fine. I, I gotcha. wanted to double check, and there's a whole like you have to write a summary, you have to write a whole essay, like and there's a ton of stuff. But anyway, I was just gonna say quickly. Part of it was there was asymmetrical and assimilation or assimilated. Both of those words I had it. I'm like, how do I spell it? Because you have to for the writing section, you had to um, note if there were any uh, mistakes or corrections. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait. And I think I did like I did notice that asymmetrical they had put only one m but it's really two m's so i got that right sorry that was really a tangent but spelling is hard I, i'm a terrible actually speller. mary like, is a really best i'm, I'm, I'm a, a really speller. really bad speller before i like i write all the blurbs for our episodes and i even i write them like in word which has like you know spelling and grammar checks but i still just send them to laura because i'm constantly posting stuff on the website no. and laura's like oh my gosh you spelled that wrong or that's you didn't put the comma there sometimes if you spell <sighs> something so wrong like word won't even pick it up and uh and it's only my own writing that I'm bad at like when I'm reading other people's writing like when I'm editing or something I can pick up on their mistakes really easily and I you know spelling grammar whatever I'm really good at picking up that but it's my own writing I'm constantly rereading stuff being like did I change tenses here I don't even know sometimes they tell you to like read yourself backwards I don't know to skim it to like see if there's any mistakes but um but yeah I might not be I'm not really there's very few things that I'm better at than Mary but spelling (laughs) I, I think Probably enough spelling is uh, one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I definitely think that you're better than I'm not even spelling. a good speller. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, okay, we can hop on. Well, yeah, you're giving me a big head. You're making me feel <laughs> great. Okay, so the first topic I thought we could dive into is sort of the the whole divorce stuff that's been going on for many episodes, but it definitely played a part in this episode centering around Charlotte and her uh, parentage. Parentage? Parentage. I think that's the right word. Family, parentage. And her paternity, I guess, or or who her who her dad is. That's a daddy issues here. Who yeah. your daddy? Yeah. It's a it's a right mama mia for you. So, anyway, uh, at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> Emily is watching a video which I'm pretty sure was at the very end of the previous episode I think we're just getting that scene again um and she's watching the video of her dad stating that he thinks that Charlotte might be his daughter which would make Charlotte Emily's half-sister and I think yeah we we got that at the end of the last episode but now she's watching it with Nolan so I don't know how much time has passed but she's cluing him into this and if if anyone doesn't remember these are the from the tapes that she stole from Mason Treadwell's house all of the recordings that Mason had when he was writing his book on David Clark so this is one of the interviews, which kind of made me think about, like, I presume that Mason Treadwell watched these videos and that he knew this. I'm kind of surprised Mason didn't, like, let that information out anywhere. I don't know if, because I, from this whole episode, it didn't really seem like Victoria knew this. Like, maybe she suspected it, like, that it was a possibility, but I don't know if Victoria was 100% sure who Charlotte's father was, and so. Well, I I guess we'll, we'll talk about later, but it seemed like the video, one of the clips, or somewhere in the show, it sounds like David was talking in he was already in jail and I don't think Charlotte was born he never saw Charlotte basically you know he never saw Charlotte so the the timeline is that he's he's locked in prison and while he's in prison there's a there's a moment when Victoria is supposed to go on trial and speak basically he's hoping on his behalf and she ends up you know condemning him and it was right around that time that she that he found out that she was very pregnant and she ended up giving birth soon after after that so he he finds out and he finds out what the name of the daughter is and it turns out that the daughter's name is also named after his mm, mm-hmm. um aunt and so i think like he probably assumes that the fact that she's named after his aunt means that it's probably his kid but like there 
again, there's no way to know for sure at this point, but I'm just trying to figure out why Mason didn't put that in his book. I mean, either Victoria knew and she told him not to put it in his book, or Victoria didn't even know and Mason just for whatever reason decided to omit that fact and didn't didn't talk to her about it. So it seems like Nolan is kind of worried about Emily all of a sudden because like most of us would, he takes this news to be like that it might affect some of her plans. And when she is sort of determined to continue with her revenge plans on the Grayson family, he asks like, you know, aren't you being a little harsh, you know, towards your half sister? And she's like, "Eh, nope, sorry, collateral damage. Well, it's a thing. Um, Yeah, learning this new information. I mean, she was out to get the, the, the Graysons and yeah, finding out that Charlotte is actually related to her. Yeah, I, you know what? I did not pick that up. I did not make that connection. Obviously, I made the connection that they were sisters, but I didn't make the connection that oh, that would that could possibly change her plans or you know. Yeah, but well, but, but she's mean, so ruthless. Well, I don't know. I, I think yeah, I think it's sort of one of these things where much like her relationship with Jack and like when we see those moments, because you know you can tell that Nolan kind of like looks at her and is like, okay, we know I know that you like Jack and you know that you like Jack, but you don't let anyone else see that. I think it's a kind of similar thing where she probably does feel some um con- conflict based on this potential conflict affection. of interest yeah i think she does probably feel inside that like feels bad for potentially hurting charlotte and her it, family it, 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 but it, i think that she's like she's in too deep and she's she's just so committed to this <laughs> committed, committed to this yeah to <laughs> this to this revenge well and she so far she hasn't directly messed up charlotte or you know did something right. bad to charlotte. but indirectly i mean charlotte's super super close with conrad and by screwing conrad she's indirectly messing up charlotte so yeah it's inevitable i mean it's, it's either it's either all or nothing it's either she goes on with it she can't please everyone and like you said yeah. she's too far deep into it if she does care about charlotte and she doesn't want to hurt her she can't do anything well i mean it's hard already because like daniel's an adult but charlotte is not i mean she's i can't remember how old we thought think she is 16 17 somewhere in that range and so like even to begin with charlotte is an instant bystander even if she's not related to emily um but i don't know it's all a tricky situation so we kind of flash over to the grayson house after that and daniel is talking to victoria and ryan huntley her divorce divorce lawyer about some some information he's gotten on conrad because if you don't remember from previous episodes sort of what's going on right now is conrad has this trust fund that daniel's gonna get and he's gonna get it at a certain age i don't remember what age it is maybe 25 30 i don't i don't know how old it is but older than he currently is and he's only gonna get that money um when he becomes comes of age or when he gets married there's a marriage clause written into that into that fund it actually might not be a trust fund i think it's actually like the uh, a portion of the, the company that he but, gets you know he does say he does use the word trust in this yeah in this episode, so. but i think i think it's a bigger amount like i think there's some stake in the company name attached to that or something because i think the whole thing is that he's sided with his mom on this and his mom is going to lose a lot of stuff in the divorce they were able to nullify the prenup that basically said she gets nothing so there's some discussion based on what she's going to get one of the easiest ways is for him to get married get this money blah 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 so that's kind of part of this but then there's this conflict of daniel also does like emily and doesn't want this to be the sole reason that he's getting married or you know that he might consider marriage so i tried i I took notes and paused it and put on the uh the subtitles for this section because one of my goals in rewatching this show is to try and actually understand some of the like legal business jargon that they're talking about well i just like don't even know so listen to this i'm just gonna read you this little like snippet here of what he talks about and you tell me because you've actually studied business maybe you know more of this than i do 
Uh, he said, Conrad's got half a dozen offshore entities holding multi-currency bank accounts in Denmark and Spain, 500 million give or take, established in the last 10 years, making them community property now that we voided the prenup. The SEC is sniffing around looking at the company's trading practices. We need to li- get any liquid assets they can before a potential scandal blows up. So entities, kind of like businesses or companies and get your assets. The, the It sounds the like there is some sort of sketchy holdings that Conrad has and the SEC which I looked up is the Securities Exchange Commission is is going to probably get suspicious pretty soon so Daniel needs to get his hand on any of that money before all of that might blow up yeah but then so it's but then he could have he's like let me grab this let me grab the money from the vault before the police come like you're still doing something bad it's like that sounds yes but like the son in he's now he's gonna be doing something bad yeah well I don't know they just need money so (laughs) do they (laughs) though do they though uh and you know what's kind of interesting you think it's kind of interesting that like Daniel is sided with his mom and Charlotte sided with the dad you know just like that division of it's not like both kids are with the mom it's like oh especially because it's guy girl guy girl maybe maybe that maybe that's why you know I mean I think it's been pretty obvious from pretty much the first episode that Charlotte has had a soft spot toward her dad and vice versa and that um Daniel Daniel seemed to get along with them both but there there were some some of the complicated stuff with Tyler being there and his dad sort of favoring Tyler rubbed Daniel the wrong way toward him so it kind of I mean it's the the children have sort of swung back yeah I I think the one thing we have not seen so far is Charlotte being really close to her mom so Daniel's gone back and forth a little bit but we haven't seen that as much yeah um sorry anyway yeah so so they're talking about all that and then and then we later have lunch with well I was gonna say before that Daniel says to his mom he said even if marrying her didn't activate my trust I'd still marry her and yeah so we can tell that's on his mind and like mom if you truly care about my happiness you'll learn to love her so with the whole trust being activated and this and that and all that falling through it sounds like Daniel and we've kind of known this the whole time Daniel is still serious about his feelings towards Emily and just good I like that (laughs) not just getting not just using her for the money right yeah he's being you could say committed So then we we go to the South Fork Inn where Charlotte and Declan are having lunch with Conrad. And again, I think at this point, Conrad and Charlotte are living at the South Fork Inn. <sighs> Why they can't just get like an apartment, I don't know. I, oh. I'm tired of guessing about it. But I didn't know what they were living the whole time. Okay. Because I feel like Conrad, does he still go back to the house? I don't know. I can't keep... No, no. Uh, he's moved out. And uh, I'm pretty sure that Charlotte moved out with him. Conrad decides that he wants to pay for Declan to go to school with Charlotte at her prep school. School, yeah. And he basically says that he'll pay for it, but he, you know, he's going to be in charge of making the grades to get himself in, but he'll do that. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty good favor that he's doing for Charlotte, considering, you know, him and, and his wife had sort of previously tried to break up Charlotte and Declan. And yeah, so I feel like it's been a while since I saw the other episodes. I mean, this seems like it's a pretty big jump, but I, mean, I know Victoria has never really been approved. She hasn't approved of any of the couples, but, but I guess did Conrad, did he ever seem like he did not like? Declan I don't think he ever really cared that much but I think it's more of he knows that Victoria doesn't approve of him so him approving is like just sticking it to Victoria even more kind of but you say that but I feel like Victoria would like Declan more I think she doesn't like him because they're they're so opposite if Declan goes to the same school as the daughter then then it makes Declan more attractive yeah okay you say that except for the fact that like she doesn't like Emily either she's not gonna like anyone for her kids like Emily is very on par with Daniel 
So during the lunch, Conrad gets a package delivered and it's a USB drive inside with a note telling him to open in private. And we then see right away that it's a video of David talking about the Charlotte thing. It's the same video did, we saw did the earlier. Vi- did the vi- what did the note say? I could, did, were they trying to make it so you could see it? I yeah, it said, it said open in private or open later or oh. something like that. Oh, watch okay. in private something so yeah so he he watches it and then um and then he shows the video to victoria they're both in a meeting with both their lawyers i forgot how much of this episode was just the divorce battle still yeah but yeah he says that he will keep the information from the media and you know protect charlotte and stuff but only if victoria basically agrees to drop all of her battling him to get money and he's just going to give her basically nothing but then charlotte will be protected <laughs> etc or her other option is you know to continue trying to go through this trial but then he's going to let the information out and then he says he wants to you know get a paternity test and then he sneaks into charlotte's room and steals her hair on her brush so i mean i don't really blame him personally like it it, it must be so terrible to find out that someone you thought was your daughter might not actually be your daughter and i don't really know whose side i'm on because they're both terrible people (laughs) here like they both sometimes seem sympathetic but i know it's a hard thing about this show too i feel like sometimes i'm like i do feel sorry for you but then they do something mean or bad and it's like ah i mean victoria the whole look about her she like she just looks evil i know she looks she looks evil and conrad (laughs) you know honestly conrad hasn't really he doesn't look evil no not in the same way like he's the (laughs) one who every time i go back to this show i'm like man you just don't look as evil as you're supposed to yeah for sure But maybe they wanted that way so Victoria looks more evil. I know. I don't know. I don't know. Revenge, maybe. like the Blossom's dad. Look, trying to think of what, what what a good evil dad. What show has a good evil dad? Oh, like Lex Lionel Luther. Yeah, Lionel Luther's pretty good. Um, Lex Luther is decent in his own right. Man, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've watched other shows. I keep rewatching things. I, I guess even like this is a different type. It's not really evil, but like in Gilmore Girls, the grandparents who I've I've definitely oh. made this comparison before between Victoria and Conrad and um, Emily and Richard Gilmore. They have sort of an air of like regalness, you know, to them. Um, I don't know if it's exactly the same way as Conrad is, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then in Gilmore Girls, like, Emily Duff, the grandma, she does like Victoria-esque about her. I mean, she's, but then, but then there's great parts about her. I, gosh, I don't know. I feel like, like, like humans, we all have many layers, and, uh, or not just layers, but, like, personality types, and so, some of them are like, oh, Laura, you're awesome. Oh, Laura. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get on my bad side. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. So Conrad ends yeah. up, he does get the paternity test. He gets the results and finds out, yep, he's not the father. You are not the father. And he, you know, decides to have a talk with Charlotte. And I think, like, the audience is sort of thinking that he's going to tell her in this scene, but he doesn't. Instead, he basically just tells mm. her, like, mm-hmm. oh, you probably won't be able to live with me for much longer. You know, you should be living with your mom anyway. And I'm going to be traveling a lot. And she's very upset well, well, by they, the whole situation. They, they See, you said that it sounds like he's going to tell her about the truth. I think it, sa- it it made it seem like he was going to say, hey, no, I can't pay for Declan. That's oh. the way I thought they were playing I out. wasn't even thinking no, about seriously. that plot line at this point. No, I think I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, shoot, here she comes in and he's going to be like, hey, you know what? I can't pay for Declan anymore. That's what yeah, I, but I, like I didn't school, think that he was going to How much could prep school her. cost? Like, it's a drop in the bucket for him, you know? Like, I don't well, think that really yeah, matters. Be a drop. Well, yeah, it might be a drop in a bucket, but why are you going to help somebody that's not even related because, to you? Because I, I he's like, he's still her father even if he's not like that's biological 
biologically your that's father. True. Like he's still she's still in his family and oh, she's yeah. still been You're her right. father's whole life. I mean, I don't think like I don't think their relationship is gonna change much more than just the like logistics of it all. But like if I found out today that my mom and dad that I was adopted, you know, say that I was adopted. It's not like they're gonna like stop paying for well, I mean you're an adult, but but you know what I mean. I meant more like my feelings too. Like that I think like mom and dad or so my mom and dad, I don't know if that would change anything really. Yeah. Well it's it's easier for me to say that because it's you know it's it's not happened to me, but it's yeah, whoever raises you is your mother or father. Yeah. I mean I know that different circumstances are different, but I think in this case I just didn't get the idea that that much was was going to change between the two of them. Yeah, and and, and he, like, kind of kicks her out, but it's... He's kind of taking the high road, or, wait, not taking the high road. He's kind of doing the mature thing. Yeah, it's taking the high road. Well, I guess taking the high road, and he's doing it actually for good reasons. You know how parents do stuff that you think, as the kid, like, oh my gosh, why are you saying I can't stay out till this time? Or why are you saying this and that? And why are you kicking me out of the house? Well, it's because you need to get closer to your mom because... and I think some of it's also going to be, like, legally, he's not going to be able to probably win, like, a custody battle. Because, you know, Charlotte's probably going to, if her parents get divorced, and she has to pick who to live with. She's probably going to choose her dad. But it would be really easy for Victoria to be like, uh, no, <laughs> like he, he's not even related to her. And so I think he knows, he can just see down the line it might be simpler if she does spend some more time with her mom. And But does it, doesn't she have a good boarding school though? So it doesn't really, like we're talking about during the summers, right? Oh, I don't know if she goes break? to boarding school. I know she goes to a prep uh, school, but I, I wasn't sure if that was a boarding school. Oh, I was assuming it was a boarding school. Because what, where's Declan going to stay? Oh, I guess he was just going to stay. Yeah, I, I get, or, I, no, it's, no. it's all kind of, it's further away. It's further away. I don't know. It's it's all kind of confusing because I feel like the prep school is somewhere uh, more, um, I mean, maybe it's in like upstate New York. Maybe it's in New York City. Who knows? Because um, this this is just their summer house. Right. So like they were going to go home anyway. Yeah. And I think their parents live in the city, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure where Charlotte lives during the rest of the year. It may not be that I was assuming it is. I was assuming it was a prep school. Maybe. I mean, a boarding school. Oh. Yeah. He does tell her though when, you know, when he's kicking her out that she needs to grow up and, you know, be mature about this. So she definitely takes it kind of hard. Yeah. I mean, because she's not used to that. She's not used to hearing that at all from him. I mean, she, I, she, in a way, is she spoiled? Probably, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a big shocker. Yeah. So later on in the episode, Daniel's talking with Conrad about, you know, his feelings towards Emily, and he asks if Conrad has, you know, was ever actually in love with, with Victoria, and he says, you know, he did fall in love with her. He fell in love with her you know, hard and fast, and he says, but, you know, eventually, like, the cheating started, we cheated on each other, and then there are secrets that your mom's hiding that would, you know, tear our family apart, and that kind of is, I think, the first time that Daniel hesitates about being on his mom's side because he doesn't know about whatever secret this is and and this is just one of the scenes where Conrad is kind of like he seems much more authentic it doesn't seem like he's saying this just in a I'm being mean way or like trying to turn his son against his mom like I think he truly seems like he's upset here and I think it's yeah it's because he's just found out literally just found out that you know his daughter is not even related to him so I think he's just taking all that kind of out on um on Daniel but it's like yes maybe I'm just a hopeless romantic or whatever but it's like, yes, you guys cheated and stuff, but, like, do you really have to say all that stuff to your son? Like, do you really have to tell him the truth? Which I don't think that's actually the truth for all couples at all. At all. At all. So it's like, can't you just, like, censor yourself and be like, or was it just kind of a point of weakness and he kind of just said, oh my gosh, don't jump quickly into the marriage because it's all going to be horrible anyway. Yeah. Like, I mean, why did he it's, have to it's be like probably that? partially protective, but he definitely is, you know, feeling down and not really in the mood to support relationships. <laughs> so there's that. Oh, he even mentioned 
because and and Conrad even mentions uh did he tell did he tell Daniel that Victoria penniless bitch before I met you she's he says that earlier when they're in a meeting with with the lawyers oh okay because oh and he mentions her name is Victoria Harper did we already know that I Maybe think knew that. we already knew that but yeah she's he says that she's a penniless bitch before I met you so oh I think we kind of already knew too that she she wasn't she wasn't rich at all before uh they met right so then Daniel goes to speak with his mom about this Victoria because he wants to get down to the bottom of whatever the secret is and Victoria tells Daniel the secret is that Charlotte is David Clark's daughter like how she came out with that but she's saying it in a very upset way and I'm honestly I I I remember thinking this the first time I watched it too I can't tell if she's just sort of upset about having to reveal this information and upset that it was a secret and she starts crying and, and you know saying it's hard to talk about and I don't know if she was trying on purpose to imply that it was not consensual consensual yeah. or if Daniel just read into that either way once she realizes that that's where what he thinks she's saying she definitely goes along with that but yeah. I just couldn't tell well, initially if she was if she was actually sort of leaning into that or not right in that right in that moment there was a weird flashback too I couldn't really understand what was going on in the flashback it was like her and, and uh David having some moment intimate moment was it supposed to look like he was no I mean I it, it definitely her, it her. definitely was consensual it's just she's she I think she's upset and she's crying because her secret got out and she's upset because um you know she's going to lose this divorce battle because of this secret getting out and and there's a there's a lot of things weighing on her mind and she's upset because because she betrayed him and because he died and he, she was in love with him but i i don't know if she was also acting for for daniel's sake or not either way that is the implication that daniel gets from it and we don't even know really that that's what he's thinking up until the very end right i mean i guess i kind of was thinking oh well he says he, he, he says he, you know what did he do to you what did that uh, man do yeah. to you? So he's clearly yeah. he's clearly reading more into it. Um, anyway, so that was really the that was a huge chunk of the episode. And then the second topic we can talk about is the proposal. Talking about Emily Van Camp and Josh Bowman, the actor who plays uh, Daniel. They the two actors did recently get married. They got engaged in May of 2017, and they were married in December of 2018. So they were engaged for about a year. They dated for a while. Not quite a year. Yeah. They dated for five years. Uh, yeah, probably about that time. I mean. I don't I don't know too much about their early stages of their relationship but it sounded like they started dating you know while they were working on this show together but in the proposal section first thing we see hinting toward this plot line is Ashley is going into the pool house to talk to Daniel again why is he living in the pool house I don't know I still don't know why he's living in the pool house <laughs> but because I, I presumably he wasn't living there when Tyler was I don't know it, it doesn't seem like he's yeah but does there. he still live in oh did he he doesn't live with Emily anymore like they, they moved out I don't know if he moved out or if or if, if he just like doesn't permanently live there either way he's in the pool house and ashley comes in and he shows her the ring or she sees the ring and she's like ashley makes fun of the fact that they have she's like oh well of course you're gonna get married it's you've had such a lengthy relationship because again it's been like two months it's been just over the summer yeah. that's all yeah it's and i mean it's it, they keep talking about how it's getting cooler and stuff so maybe it's maybe it's you know august or I mean, end of august it's, but it's taken me like a year to watch this show so far so it seems like they've been <laughs> together for a while yes but really, yeah it seems like it's <laughs> been a really long time and you know what you know about ashley we did mention in the 
other topic, but she overhears Grayson and Victoria talk. We didn't mention that, though, but she does know Well, I see, I don't know. I, I don't, um... It says, Ash, I wrote, Ashley overhears Well, Victoria she doesn't, yeah, just because you wrote it doesn't mean that's what happened. So, Ashley, <laughs> Ashley, the scene is that, that Ashley... <laughs> Ashley sees from outside. She sees the door was cracked. I think. Okay, can, can you listen to me? She's outside. Outside. She's outside, having just left the pool house, and she's looking in the window into the Grayson office where Conrad and Victoria have just had an, an argument. And I think she sees Victoria looking upset and looking like not, you know, looking, uh, yeah, looking upset. And so I think Ashley guesses, oh, I'm on the losing side of this divorce battle, and like I may. I mean, I've been backing this rich woman all summer. Like, what if she's not going to be rich at the end of this? I'm going to lose my job or whatever. I don't think she heard Charlotte wasn't like she. I don't think oh. I don't think she heard that. I think she was like, which we'll we'll get to in a second because I have reasons for thinking that was the point. But it definitely is oh. sort of a weird scene where you you see Victoria crying and then you pan out and and notice that that Ashley is looking at it and Ashley looks like concerned. Uh, I was thinking that she heard about. Uh, yeah, Charlotte. I don't think so. So anyway, <laughs> my favorite line though from this scene between Ashley and Daniel is Daniel's like, "What happened to you being?" Emily's best friend. That made me laugh out loud. Yeah, what happened to her being her best friend? It's been it's been episodes since they've had any kind of friendly moment. So yeah, Daniel, catch up. Like they haven't been best friends for a really long time. Hey, boys try to stay out of drama, so they, they don't know. Uh, yeah. They just assume everything uh, all girls are friends. <sighs> So then we get the actual proposal scene, which is Daniel and Emily, they're on the boat where they met, although it looks like a much smaller boat, but they say it's the boat where they met, so I don't know. Um, I know, it does look a little different. Yeah, and he's all, you know, he's talking about like, oh, you're the first person that I've been my true self around and whatever, oh, all this stuff. This is where you spelt my drink, this is where you spelt your drink yeah. on me. Yeah, but it's a, it's a cute scene, it starts raining and he proposes. Is that rain legit or do you think they plan, did they plan that rain? What do you mean, did yeah. they plan the rain? <laughs> The show, the show, yeah, the show planned, planned to have the rain. rain. I don't think it like actually <laughs> happened. It was storming all episode. Yeah, but why? I don't understand why they threw the rain in there because the, the band is playing, and then all of a sudden you see the band start leaving, it's and then it starts cute, raining. It's I a just cute don't... moment, and they could be all giddy and soaking wet and run around town. I don't know. It's cute. Yeah. Anyway, I would be, I'll be mad. I was like, oh, oh I my makeup, cute. on my hair. Um, Emily definitely does look shocked at first when Daniel proposes, and it, it's sort of one of these moments where like I was trying to read the like behind the guise of Emily Thorne and trying to see what she's really thinking about it. And I think there is definitely, like, at least a tiny part of her that likes Daniel and, and you know, yeah. and a tiny part of her is actually saying yes to this. <laughs> I like to think so. Uh, yeah, but... it's really hard. He's a, he's a good guy. He's got a lot going for him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Daniel Daniel hasn't done anything, like, directly to her, you know, Amanda Clark Honestly, or whatever. Honestly, I don't understand why she likes Jack. You know, I understand they had some friendship 20 plus years ago, but I don't really get why the why the attraction is still Jack when, like, I mean, Daniel's... It, it, I think it's just this link. It's the, <sighs> it's the only person she had from a childhood that she lost that's still okay, in her life okay. and that knew her at yeah. that time. Because, like, she has no but Nolan didn't know her at that time. Nolan knew her father later, so it's kind of confusing. And then they tell Victoria, and Victoria is just, like, so transparent that she's not happy about this. Whatever. She just never looks happy. It's fine. And then, so this is where we have the scene with Ashley going to the stowaway, and that's when, I, like, this is the fallout from both hearing about the news that, you know, they got engaged, and after having seen, like, Victoria looking upset, uh, she goes in and she asks for house vodka, which is the closest we've gotten to those cheap margaritas from episode one. <laughs> 
Um, just like in flashbacks of, of her wanting cheap vodka or tr- cheap drinks. And so this is where we finally get her saying, like, she admits, I shunned my best friend all summer to getting good with Victoria. And then, you know, it doesn't look like anything's going to pan out with Victoria. And Emily just gets engaged and gets handed the king- keys to the kingdom. And so she's, she's like, what did I get? I got like some, I was dating, I was interested in some like psycho. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I was dating a psycho who, who like tried to, tried to shoot me and then made out with Nolan. <laughs> so she's like, didn't really go well. Oh, Ashley. I know, man. poor Ashley. That's what you get for being selfish. And kind of frankly unlikable. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She doesn't have much of a... She's not fun. I mean, come on. She's just kind of like, uh, I don't know, that accent, which, I mean, I like the accent. Nothing nothing hate on accents. But, like, she's too... She tries to be too put together. But, like, Emily is put together in, like, a very, um, just, like, she doesn't have to try. She just always looks so poised. And Ashley, like... Ash, well, that's the thing. Ashley's trying to be what Emily is naturally, so... Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Feel bad so for I, her. I guess I gotta feel for yeah. her, but, you know, that's, that's kind of like, like me. It's kind of like you trying to be me, you know? <laughs> um, Sure. <laughs> Sure, only when I'm trying to spell. So Charlotte then shows up at Emily's house, and this is in the episode, like, right after her dad has kicked her out. Daniel's looking for Charlotte to tell her the good news. I just, this scene cracked me up because I'm like, why does Emily keep literally all the windows and doors open in her house? She has the well, worst the security. When, 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 and that's, that's a reoccurring problem in this whole series, but um, when Daniel and Emily come in from the rain, do they go to the mansion or do they go to Emily's They go to the house? mansion. They go to the mansion. Okay, so I was gonna say, what is Victoria doing? No, okay. they so they mentioned. went. Oh, yeah. Okay, and she's she's all like, I see, I see, did you? Oh, I see that you did. Or she said, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Victoria. Yeah. But but Charlotte anyway, seems really happy that they got engaged. Yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 this is cute because it's the first scene we've had, the first scene we can have that I, that I can think of. There's probably been more. That's just Charlotte and Emily, and them being very well. At least Charlotte is being very open and honest and and you know emotional with her, and they kind of have like some cute you know sister bonding i was gonna say have they had any kind of sister bonding beforehand and i mean not sister bonding but like has emily hung out with charlotte one-on-one i I feel like there's probably been a moment or two when they've been talking probably like at the stowaway or something but this is the first one i can really think of i mean it, it it is a cute moment with charlotte and emily it's kind of sad and charlotte but charlotte says that she's always wanted a sister which is you know obviously like she's implying because you're gonna get married and then we'll be related but they, they really are sisters they really are related yeah yeah yeah. And for once, yeah. we have some inter-family stuff that doesn't really actually have any incest behind it. Hey, I was going to say, at least, they, at least it's Charlotte who she's related to, yeah. not Daniel, because that would be so bad. Well, and if you listen to my Riverdale podcast, we're just constantly talking about how weird and incesty a lot of that show is. Okay, well, don't tell me because I'm not there yet. <sighs> Ugh. Anyway. Except for, oh, except for the first season when you said that the Blossoms are their soulmates or something. Yeah, that, that's like, what, what I'm talking about. Heck? That's what I was implying. So... <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, I know. Anyway, so that that was really most of the... It's kind of funny because my memory of this episode is it being very much about the proposal, but that's actually a pretty small part of the episode. So it happened. It, it was it was commitment <laughs> and that was about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the, uh, the other chunk of the episode has to do with Amanda and to some extension Jack, but mostly it's Amanda stuff. So Jack and Amanda are all happy. They have just returned from Atlantic City where they ran off to at the end of the last episode. I wonder... Let me look this up. I wonder if this episode was the was like the episode after the mid-season finale like i wonder if the previous episode no uh maybe they didn't have uh oh yeah no the episode that was um the mid-season finale was way earlier was episode 10 interesting though there is a pretty big break after this episode before the next one almost a month 
So um, Amanda and Jack have gotten back from Atlantic City, and Emily tells Amanda that Victoria was probably the one who burned down the Treadwell house. Because if you remember at the end of the last episode, Amanda was there helping Emily and Nolan with the whole plot to get Mason out of the house, which resulted in Emily burning down the house. I don't think Amanda was clued into the fact that Emily was going to burn down the house, but she she was trying to help in, in some of that stuff. Uh, yeah, so Emily tells Amanda that she thinks Victoria burned down the house but that Victoria will probably pin it on Amanda, which will hurt Amanda and Jack by extension. And so Amanda's kind of like, oh, don't worry about it. I can take her. It's fine because Amanda's clueless. But Emily then, you kind of see what her plan is going to be. She hides the tapes in Amanda's stuff in uh I did not see that. I miss. I missed that whole thing because I was thinking the whole time that well, it's always been that Emily is trying to get Amanda out of town. But 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 she in the beginning she was warning her about Victoria's gonna come after you, and that is true. I mean, it's true, but it's only true because Emily has specifically staged it to seem like Amanda would burn down the house. (laughs) So you know, it was sort of like the tape. Wait, did they really show Emily? putting tapes yeah so she she goes into jack's apartment puts the tapes there and then she finds the note that was probably when they were on vacation because it looked like it was written on casino paper or um you know like hotel stationery and it's a really cute knack a note between jack and amanda jack says gone out to grab coffee and donuts and hopefully hit a jackpot love you and then amanda responds gone out to find you love you more amanda and i can't remember if emily takes that or if she leaves it there but you know she's you can tell she's sad about the fact that they they have this legitimate relationship and she doesn't she has a legit well no i mean a a legitimate one where people like each other but it's so funny so then like jack comes in when she's leaving and he's like oh what are you doing up here and she says she was looking for amanda and that's when he tells her that amanda has gone to tea with the graysons i just love the fact that jack like doesn't even seem that suspicious for why amanda or emily is like snooping around up there i know that's uh i don't get it that's not normal yeah, it's definitely. I mean, not. maybe if she was going into like the club, like the pool house, because Daniel lives there, but not when she's going into Jack. I don't know. Yeah. And Jack doesn't even. Not like Jack knows that 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 Amanda and Emily have this whole thing. No, he has no idea. So yeah, yeah. Jack's Jack's out of the loop on this. Amanda is at the tea at Grayson Manor with Victoria, and she is eating strawberries, which Victoria calls out that you know she used to be allergic to, which again is just more stuff Emily should have told her about. Like I know Amanda can't remember every detail of you know. Emily's life so that she could pretend to to be her but it, you don't know stuff like allergies that allergies are, definitely... are like pretty big things um but she's just been yeah. I mean the thing is like it is all kind of recent because Amanda's only been in town for a little while only for gosh I, I mean I don't know less than the whole season less than half of a season and they've only been there you know it's still the summer so a month maybe she's been here and so she probably hasn't gotten around to telling her all this information that's really only relevant because she's around people from her past and then Amanda licks the spoon that the like whipped cream was on to put on the strawberries creme or whatever and i was like wasn't that yeah creme fraiche or whatever and i'm like i'm like wasn't that a communal spoon i would have assumed that like unless (laughs) they have separate things of creme fraiche whatever (laughs) it's pretty clear what the plan is and and of course so victoria uses that spoon for the dna testing because victoria isn't sure that amanda is amanda and we've had that we've had that come up at least in one or two episodes in the past where victoria seems to be a little bit skeptical of um, who Amanda really is because like we've said Amanda doesn't really act anything like young Amanda (sighs) but I love the fact that Amanda just leaves like she's not intimidated by Victoria Victoria tells her to sit down and she's like yeah I don't have to like listen to you who are you to tell me to sit down which is pretty great so yeah Amanda does have that like mm -mm, she's like 
didn't didn't she say like cut to the chase why do you, why am i here or something i don't know i feel like she's just very straightforward abrupt and like yeah yeah and that's that's when we have the scene where conrad blunt, blunt, blunt. that's the scene where we have where conrad you know finds out for sure he gets the dna test back and finds out that that charlotte's not um not his daughter but he does say that he plans to keep charlotte trust fund so like he's not gonna you know cut her out of the money which is good and then so toward the end of the episode huntley tells victoria that the lab results on amanda have come back from that dna testing and he says yep you know checks out amanda and charlotte they are half sisters so case closed and victoria has uh, fires Huntley because you know she's losing this divorce battle and he kind of quits at the same time so that was a nice little wrap up plot line for him wait 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 I'm yeah that's the thing I was confused why they were so quick why was she so quick to um to to fire Huntley she's fine I mean Huntley she's firing back. him probably because she knows like she's you know partially she's not going to be able to pay for him much longer and also because he's lo- you know he's the one who's supposed to be getting her to win the divorce and you know she's losing it so she's just mad why do you say she's losing it though I mean well be- I mean at this point have Having an illegitimate child that she never told her husband about, like, that is a huge strike against her in the divorce court. So, you know, she hid it from him. He's mad about that. I mean, the thing is, we find out immediately after this, Huntley has actually been secretly working for for Emily this whole time. So Huntley would have quit. Like, he's not actually trying to help Victoria. He would have quit eventually anyway. It just so happens that it lines up right after... Victoria and Connor have a fight, and so, you know, it's implied in the show that Victoria's gonna lose this divorce battle. This is just, and and Huntley would be one of the next people, one of the few people that we've, um, that we have now that's secretly has been on Emily's side. Right, yeah, with Takeda, we know, has been Takeda. secretly on Emily's side. And in Treadwell's And Nolan, kind of, Nolan. Yeah, there, and then there's a couple side. people that are kind of confusing, like Treadwell is confusing because he, he knows the truth about real Amanda, but he doesn't know Emily Emily is Amanda yet. Whereas, like, Huntley does know that Emily is Amanda. So, it's kind of interesting. And so Huntley goes to to Emily, and we find out that he's been working for the whole time. Well, 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 he, well he first was like, hey, that was a close one. Like, luckily I intercepted... Yeah, so she's, you know, she got him to switch the DNA test because obviously, you know, with, I guess, her own DNA probably because they would have found out that Amanda is not related to Charlotte because Amanda is Emily Thorne. Oh, so confusing. And so we we get a flashback there where we see black-haired young Amanda, Emily, whoever, um, and she's talking to him and, and, you know, she says, oh, the the Graysons got to you, didn't they? And he said, you know, no, your father got to me. He wanted to work for her dad, but his best suggestion for, to get him to win at trial was, to get Amanda involved and her dad didn't want Amanda to get involved in the trial. He thought that would be dangerous and so he vetoed it and and that sort of resulted in Huntley not being able to actually help him. Wait, sorry. Huntley wanted the kid to be involved. Wanted Emily to yeah, be involved. Yeah, he thought that he thought that if, you know, that was she she was a good character witness for him. I, I think at this point, up to that point, Amanda, young Amanda has not actually been involved in this trial in any way. I don't think she's ever been like brought to the stand. So, yeah. yeah well, but also like for her to be on the stand, she didn't like her dad at that point. No, I I think this I, I it's hard to say when when or 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 I mean she didn't believe she believed that her dad was a bad person. No, I mean I, I'm assuming this flashback when 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 David Clark first went to Huntley was shortly after he had been arrested. Like I'm assuming that's before the book came out and all that. Uh, because gosh, we we saw we saw back in you know the last episode or two in flashbacks that young Amanda was pretty firm on her dad's side when she was in foster home and all that or foster care until she read Treadwell's book that 
that's what changed her mind and made her believe the lies the Graysons had been saying. So anyway, she was on her side at that point. You know, then, then Huntley basically says, you know, he doesn't want to be a part of the violence that's sort of swimming around this. So he's, he believes her and he believes her dad, but he needs to, you know, leave. So he, he kind of cuts out of the picture. Smart decision. Yeah. <laughs> then we see a guy break into Jack's apartment, which we, we saw this is the guy earlier was in the bar. bar. Yeah, and he, yeah. he was sort of trying to hit on Amanda, which was clearly just to try and find out where she lived. And so he, he goes upstairs and he steals all the tapes. He finds them where em, where Emily had previously stashed them. And then Jack comes in. He beats up Jack pretty bad. Luckily, Nolan and Amanda are there to come to his rescue. Uh-huh. Nolan? Like, why was Nolan? Well, I mean, I'm assuming they were downstairs in the bar. Like, they, they didn't see the guy go up there but they heard jack probably screaming or oh you so know. the bar is still open yeah probably well it seemed like it was like at night or something i don't know i mean why would nolan and amanda be downstairs at night so i'm, yeah. I'm sure it was during the time the bar is open bars are probably open pretty late and so nolan goes to tell emily and he blames her you know for jack getting hurt and he says you know he, he may have jack's blood on his jacket but you've got it all over your hands so emily's pretty upset about this and she goes to see jack and there's another cute i mean i don't know if cute's really the right word this is kind of a sad scene where she's she's uh standing over him while he's all beat up and and you could tell that she's really regretting some of her decisions and how careless she's been with the collateral damage okay but again creepy she's just standing over jack how did she get in ah she has her ways probably she got into the house and she's just looking right over jack while he's like sleeping i don't, I don't know, know where declan is at this so point creepy. Time, but yeah it is creepy then she goes to talk to Amanda. Amanda. And she, this is when she finally tells Amanda the truth. Like, she had told her in a previous episode, my dad's actually innocent. But now she told her, not only is my dad innocent, the Graysons were the ones who tried to frame my dad. You know, she's here and why she's here. She's here to avenge her father's death and take everything away from the Graysons. And she knows that real Amanda being here, Amanda's gonna get hurt. Jack is probably gonna get hurt again. You know, like, things like that. Which, I think she's stretching it a little bit. Like, she probably could protect them. But she you know needs needs amanda to get out of the way from all this i mean she's one person it's like ah, she can't do it. it's hard for her to do all this stuff yeah protect amanda protect jack get revenge especially when amanda so far has been kind of what is um she's kind of problematic towards all this problematic yeah she's problematic so she finally for the first time like amanda actually seems to be willing to leave she gives amanda a new id cell phone passport and amanda's you know crying and she says she doesn't think she's going to be able to say goodbye to jack so emily says she'll do it for her and then uh, we see uh, shortly after that jack wakes up and declan gives him a note you know tells him amanda's gone and so i don't know if amanda wrote the note or if emily wrote the note you know faking amanda's handwriting either way the note says dear jack all good things eventually end and i want to leave before this does wherever i go it seems bad things ultimately catch up to me thank you the most thank you for the most magical summer and for showing me you can always come home again all my love amanda it's really it's really cute and wow sad. i did not probably emily did you pause it, it? yeah i had to pause it pa- i had to pause it to read okay because um. i was confused i didn't know that the note she, i didn't know she was breaking up with jack at that moment i thought she was just going away no i mean i think she needs she realizes that it's gonna be jack is going to get hurt again if she doesn't yeah you know, but kind of leave him that's actually i'm actually okay just based on this one episode alone i'm really surprisingly impressed and shocked by amanda's willingness to leave yeah i mean i'm pretty sure emily wrote that note but <laughs> but no 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 no. i mean emily did because emily said like i'll do it but i'm saying that amanda's leaving like i'm yeah i'm shocked I'm, I mean, that I'm, she's willing to do that yeah I, I, it is it is shocking but i think there's nothing like saying look 
this guy is literally, you know, is in danger. And I think she really And you are too. That. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't think she, I don't, I think she feels like she could protect herself. I think it's the, it's the Jack issue that's more. Uh, but at the end of that scene, we see that there, one of the tapes is still under Jack's bed from uh, yeah, where the guy had taken him earlier. Yeah, what, what, I mean, what tape do you think that's going to be? I don't know, but I'm sure at some point he's going to find it. And, uh, you know, who knows where that's going to lead him. Wait, 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 wait. These tapes, the ones These are the from ones from Mason Treadwell. Treadwell. They're interviews with David Clark. Why did em- Emily do that so it looked like Amanda burned down the house? Yes, she is trying to frame Why did she? Why does she want to frame Amanda? I thought she wanted to frame she, Victoria. No, she wants to frame Amanda in the hopes that Victoria will basically scare Amanda out of town, kind of. I think was was most of it. it yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of tricky, but in terms to what what all her her long term plans are, because I don't I mean I don't think she wants like Amanda in harm's way, but she's kind of using that as as something to to get Victoria mad about. So the end of the episode, we see Emily is talking with Nolan, and you know she decides she wants to press pause, regroup. She's upset about all of the fallout from her revenge plans, and um, there's a funny moment when Nolan like tries to comfort her and puts his arm around her, and she's like yeah don't do that and he has to just like sheepishly take the arm back (laughs) but um, uh emily says you know she's planning to to end cut off the engagement with daniel and give the ring back and say that she needs more time before deciding to marry into their family now that she's you know now that things are going so crazy and then we see victoria has all the tapes so the guy who stole them from jack's apartment must have given them to her so she has them now she puts them in a safe and we get a flashback of victoria you know seeing her pregnancy test presumably with charlotte and um it's it's like literally the night of day David getting arrested and she tells Conrad that she wants him to stay with her tonight. My guess is I read this as like she wants to have plausible deniability <laughs> like she wants to you know get with Conrad so that she can later on when she's pregnant claim that it's his which well, like means a couple of things. I mean the thing is if you're taking a pregnancy test it's got to be at least like what a couple months into her pregnancy so I don't think that no, time a couple, couple weeks no it's okay so maybe it's a couple weeks, weeks but I don't know exactly how accurate that is but also like I know that she was having an affair with David I, I still don't know like does Conrad know a hundred percent everything about the affair like were they separated at this point like were they not sleeping together yeah. at all it- that, that that's exactly what I'm wondering because she was like hinting that like yeah I want you to stay with me tonight were they not staying together at that point time i mean for all we know it could have just been like in the past week or so since all the terrorism stuff went down she was really upset about the fact that she was going to have to frame you know this guy she's in love with so maybe they were fighting at that moment but either way i think it's pretty obvious that she's trying to you know cover up the pregnancy at least a little yeah, bit did conrad know about the affair at that time see I, I think conrad knew about the affair but i'm not sure if he actually knew that they like slept together oh wait he or did what? yeah there's flashbacks that say like conrad was basically saying like no you've got to stick with the family yeah like, like he he knew that she was in love with him but i don't know exactly how much he knew or cared about the affair um it's it's hard to tell so the final scene is daniel talking to emily about charlotte and he tells her you know what he basically got out of victoria which is assuming that victoria was raped and I think it's this that makes Emily, like, more mad and determined. Like, partially because Daniel is the one giving her this news. She probably feels like, you know what, fine, we'll get engaged. And even though I'm lying to you and even though I'm, you know, like, I'm willing to marry you and then hurt you, you're you're part of this now. You're on Victoria's side. And and I think it, yeah, it's mostly just better. like how... Yeah, but it's, it's like... He's a no better, though. I think it's just her thinking I need to take a step back and then having this really terrible thing that, that Victoria is doing to, you know, besmirch her father's memory 
that she's like, I, you know, it's bad enough that you're claiming that he was a terrorist. Now you're also saying that he raped you. So I think that's what like throws her into, nope, just kidding. Gonna continue with the engagement. Yeah, it's like now I have to get even more revenge. Yeah. And then she says, how about June for the wedding? So clearly wants a, you know, I mean, that's less than a year. So medium, you know, not, it's not, yeah, not it's super I mean, sure it's, it's engagement, but you know. Yeah, that's about, that's about right. That's yeah. That's about right. Shows her that she's into it. And then, so the end cap on the episode, the final the final quote we get says, For some, commitment is like faith, a chosen devotion to another person, or an intangible deal. Sorry, or an intangible ideal. But for me, commitment has a shadow side, a darker drive that constantly asks the question, how far am I willing to go? And yeah, you know, how far is she really willing to commit to these things? How far is she willing to go that could for hurt Charlotte? That could, you know, is she going to really get married to someone when she's pretending to be someone else? And and all of this so it's it's and i feel like what is her goal with getting revenge on the graysons what is what does she want to happen does she want to put them in jail does she want to kill them i think she just wants them to lose everything i don't know if she necessarily wants them to kill them going to jail is probably good but i think she wants them to feel pain get separated from their children you know be besmirched in society lose their money lose the company i think those are like the first things she wants i think she wants to tear them down and then maybe they'll go to jail or then maybe Maybe they'll get killed. I mean, it seems like she's not super violent person, so I don't know about the killing part, but yeah. It's okay. Uh, yeah. It's, yep. How how far is she willing to go? Yeah. For all of it. Well, that's pretty much all I had written down for the episode. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we sign off? Looking at my notes, I had some questions, but I think... The only other thing I had was that I am currently doing a rewatch of Gilmore Girls, and I know I've probably mentioned this before on the podcast, but, like, I totally get Luke Danes in Jack. Like, they both, I think they wear plaid, and they, like, work in a restaurant and stuff like that, kind of. They're just kind of, like, you're you're good old town boy, and I don't know. Oh, oh. <laughs> one funny line it was from amanda when she's at the bar and she's lighting candles <laughs> someone says uh, jack says a little early to be lighting candles and then she said what you afraid i'll burn this place down <laughs> oh yeah but that was funny yeah Oh. Uh, and the other thing is at one point Victoria is trying to like, make amends with Charlotte so she's trying to get you know she comes in and um, talking to Charlotte but you know Charlotte just won't have it so just you know she's trying to mend that that relationship yeah I don't know I mean right now we'll see when you know when Charlotte inevitably finds out about her parentage I'm not sure I'm not sure what she's going oh, to think gosh. if that I mean I don't really see how that would make her closer to her mom but it might distance her from her dad some hard to say yeah do you do you think that she's gonna find out do you think she'll ever yeah i mean i'm, I'm sure that? she will i don't know how the show could hide it from her like if it's gonna be part of the divorce i i don't see victoria just like accepting defeat and like not getting any money i think that she probably wants something i don't know if she's gonna if that's gonna make her like victoria more probably make her like victoria less yeah probably like, great i'm like a oh for sure because for her she thinks david's a horrible person so it's like great like well then she finds she got rage i don't know eh, it's hard <sighs> yeah i don't know we'll see we'll just have to wait and keep watching and yes we'll wait and see well you can feel free to send us any comments or questions or thoughts you have on this episode on our website you can comment under any of the individual episodes or you can reach out to us on twitter at KowskiCast. that's cow with the k or on our personal twitters if you would like you can follow me at frail mary and you can follow laura at what laura da explora i think Whoa, 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 a Twitter? Yeah, have you ever given out your oh. actual Twitter? Yeah, it's something of being like Laura the Explorer. Because I, kn- I was Dora the Explorer one Yeah, for Halloween. Year for Halloween. I know that you can... I- 
easily get to pretty much all of our social media on the About Us page on our website. So if you're not one of those people who has to, wants to go back and listen to the episode to find out what our what our Twitter handles are. I don't even I don't even tweet much. So yeah. I mainly tweet about The Bachelor, which just happened. Oh, it's Laura Duh, as in D A A. Wow. Explora. Ex- it's E X P L O R A. Laura Duh Explora. It doesn't. Don't follow me. One of the things on our other podcast we do is is trying to get Hannah a better Instagram uh, Instagram oh, tag. Yeah. So like, if you need a better Twitter one and people can come up with one, feel free to tweet Wait, at no, us because about that. Mine was like Laura or Elsie Kwiatkowski. I think mine was Elsie Kwiatkowski, and then I was in class in college senior year with my friend. And she was all like, oh my gosh, you should change your thing. Like, she created it, and so we did it. Well, you should change it, but I don't know. Anyway, it's just kind of a mouthful right now. Frail Mary's nice and easy. (laughs) I don't even care. Whatever. (laughs) Um... So you, you're you the one that's more hip and young. Yeah, exactly. I'm the old granny over here. <laughs> so feel free to check out our Riverdale podcast if you haven't already listened to that. I'm not really sure how you would have found the revenge one, but not the Riverdale one. But feel free to listen to that. We're going to try to probably put out a couple episodes, you know, for for this podcast during the semester. We'll really see. It's going to mostly just depend on Laura's schedule. She has, you know, she has a life. Like, not all of us can be free like I am all the time. <laughs> Other than that, feel free to give us five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes if you enjoyed the podcast and that's really the best way for people to find our show in the future. It's pretty much it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us and we'll be back next time for our rewatch of episode 14. For now, we are the Krakowski sisters. Peace out. Wait, what do I push? Who who dis? <laughs> new new phone. Uh, what's your number? Wait. No. <laughs> <laughs>